Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Community Radio 3CR, this is the Spoken Word Program, and I am George O'Hara, and today we have a live recording from the Dan O'Connell Hotel with feature poet Yvette Stubbs. Yvette is described as the infamous madwoman of Clover Lee, who is one of the matriarchs of the poetry scene. She shepherds sheep, vacillates over veggies, and feasts on fajolas. At night she sits under the Dayadar tree, and surveys the domed sky, patting her half-eared stray grey whilst contemplating nothing at all. So let's have a listen to Yvette Stubbs, and just to let you know, there is a language warning with this recording. I'll start um, with a poem that I wrote many years ago from a book, Sweet Shadows. And this is because Libby requested it. The first time I met Libby was at the St Kilda Library for the, uh, what was that, uh, Poetry Idol. And this is a poem that got me through. It's called Coffee. Don't you like coffee, Beth? No. I was coffee. I was flat... White, eyeing a friend's long black while my short black cooled. I'd wanted a macchiato, but you can't have what you can't have. I couldn't affogato a mocha, and the last time I'd swallowed a ristretto, I was bitterly disappointed. (laughs) Even though its rich golden crema left an intense aftertaste. I espressoed my disinterest in my girlfriend's cafe latte, so passé, I thought. Cappuccino might be all the rage in South Yarra, and soy chai latte popular at the Dan O'Connell. But I'd wanted an espresso lungo, and they told me an Americano, an Americano, an Americano would do just as well. No. No, I thought. So I settled for my short black. Sweet enough with no white attached. Thank you. This one's called Pop Games. Thank you. You can do that through it if you like. I feed the fish to feed the fish to the fish so the fish will ship me diamonds. I collect the diamonds to buy the fish who'll give me diamonds to buy more fish so I can collect the fish that ship me treasure. And as a bonus, I collect the shells. To add to shells, I one last bonus to buy the fish who eat the fish who give me diamonds so I can buy more fish who give me treasure to buy more fish, to save the fish, who ship me treasure so I can finish with a shell-collecting bonus to buy more fish who ship me diamonds. There's a nose fish, whose snot when eaten by a coin fish 
becomes a nose fish too. <laughs> and when they sneeze, achoo. when they sneeze, they halt the alien invasion so I can keep feeding fish. To feed the fish, he'll, shit, he'll give me diamonds. Now, the elephants in snorkels <laughs> eat the snot to make the stars and then the treasure and the chookfish that eats a fart's goldfish will die if she's not fed fish food from the gumby fish and my life has come to this. Me, the fish, and virtual reality. Fighting aliens, I don't know. Employing angelfish to stem the flow. Occupying brain space which may never grow. And rhyming poetry, wouldn't you know? Whatever happened to Shakespeare? Thanks. The, to um, thank the un, un, unimaginative um, poppers, I, I had a lot of um, offers there, and I don't think you took most of them. So uh, next time, I would expect you to do better. She accuses the attention seeker of attention seeking, as if the earth will crack with self-centered disgust. As if drawing attention to oneself is devil worship. <laughs> Her controlled emotion behind non-responding eyes, frozen truth under memorised judgement, cannot be freed, cannot understand the spirit of freedom. Thanks. Immersion. Immersion. Immersion comes from the French to immert, meaning to come to terms with a fact. The English language is abysmally inadequate, and we need to abduct even more French words to round our combined stolen phrases into a cohesive mass. Cohesive, of course, coming from the Latin to glue, to stick to come together, unlike those not in favour, whom we blow apart. <laughs> Don't sanitise the poetry scene too much. Where are the unsanitizers, the insanitizers, the insane, the in? There's too much polish where I've come from. Too much suave, too much swoosh, too much I love me, so you should too. <laughs> Please yell, say fuck, fuck, fuck. Cough, cough, cough with emphysemic lungs. Smile with your blood-stained teeth. Spit your words at me with no formula of static. Rough me with your brutal happenings. Touch me with your children in the audience. <laughs> and your painful days. 
Squeeze my heart. Stop it pumping. Make it freeze with anticipation of the thing you'll say next. I want to feel you, not think you. I want you to make me feel like I have balls that you're swinging on. Cut me open and leave the wound gaping. Rape my oral cavities. For fuck's sake, scream! Or musically eradicate my complacency. Make me sit up and take notice of your indecency. (laughs) Anything. Anything. Any bloody thing. But make me feel something. For fuck's sake. Expose yourself, John. (laughs) Make me want to cover you up. Make me want to respect you in the morning. Make me want to know you, hear you, run away from you, hug you, smack you, love you, kiss you. Fuck you. But make me want to feel something. I want to feel you. Thank you. She didn't have time. <laughs> to fuck you, Baz. Sorry about that, mate. That's yeah. Yeah, live with that. Carly Simon sang, I haven't got room for the pain. I haven't got time for the pain. Not since I've met you. She knew to leave when her soul revolted and screamed in bolts of lightning into her pain center. Her self-esteem and comparison relationships helped her to get out before she was destroyed. She didn't have time for the pain. She didn't have room for the pain because she knew the time for the pain took away from anything else she needed to do. The room it filled took space that was needed for important things. She didn't have the time or the room, so she left him, just like Baz is now, (laughs) and wrote songs about him relating to his ego. I suppose you think this song is about you, don't you? She was wise. She didn't waste away or bury her head in drugs. She didn't put all her energy into work and soul-searching to try and make sense of it all. She left. She got on with her life. She moved to a better space, a wiser place. Her body didn't dissolve in grief and worry. It blossomed into enlightenment and song. She worked through the grief. She realised Mick Jagger was just a dream for her. She was destined for different men, for expansive worlds. She didn't have time to waste on a no-good, dirty man like that. Thank you.
Okay. Mum! Mum left the babies with the oldest. Dad was off boozing at a bohemian pub. Mum, in black coat and nighty, thumbed a taxi down just before it rained in her final stage of labour, holding back from bearing down. The driver dropped her off, blocked short of the hospital. That's as... We haven't got time for the noise. We haven't got no time for the noise. Go outside and talk. Thank you. I'll start that again. Mum. Mum left the babies with the oldest. Dad was off boozing at a bohemian pub. Mum, in black coat and nighty, thumbed a taxi down just before it rained in her final stage of labour, holding back from bearing down. The driver dropped her off blocks short of the hospital. That's as far as I can take you, love. You've not, not got enough money, love. Mum bottled and changed, washed and nappy, cleaned and cooked, sewed and baked, bottled and preserved nine children in poverty. Mum and Dad, working class, never wanted for a thing when they were growing up, but we did. Dad visited Mum in hospital, drunk, to see his latest, his new little bundle of sunshine, and went off to toast the wet head of it after peeing in the hospital hallway first. Mum grew babies like weeds. She loved being pregnant. She couldn't afford the pill. She was a sex maniac. She looked forward to the rest. The hospital... Uh, she looked forward to the... Sorry. She looked forward to the rest in hospital every time a new one came. Mum and Dad were bohemians shirking the system whilst we fought to survive the system and them. Dad dragged telephone poles home for the city fireplace. We'd sit on them as they gradually reduced across the lounge room floor. Mum took us collecting fruit and vegetables after the big market closed. Anything that was edible was ours. Dad drank, drank at the pub and painted. Mum made stone soup and unpicked old clothes to make new ones. Dad came home drunk and in the morning took us to the museum and complained they wouldn't let us in without shoes, railing against the system that created such inequality. Mum wiped noses, washed bums, combed hair, filled bellies. Dad came home drunk and the next day took us to the Melbourne Botanical Gardens. Mum played guitar. Dad drank and painted and made babies. Mum had them. She loved having them. She felt so good being pregnant. She blossomed, the, she blossomed the birth, a creation, a sense of purpose, a tangible reality to drown out all others. Dad got drunk and stayed away. Mum mothered and left and we slept on couches in a pile of legs and arms, then returned. Dad got, got drunk more. The pub was his stage, his performance venue. People fed him beer to hear him orate. They were his family, his reflective glory. Mum had affairs with younger men and mothered. 
Dad ranted and raved. His soul was wrenched Van Gogh yellow. His heart to lose Lautrec crimson. Mum stayed with Dad and Dad stayed with Mum. Dad and Mum looked good together. They were impressive on the art scene. Them and their tribe. Evie, you look too young to have all of those children. And of course she was. They looked good at sell-out exhibition openings in Turak. We ate cubes of cheese from penguin waiters and watched as trays of wine disappeared down patrons' throats. We looked up as they looked down. Dad made swings, made cubbies, made art, made sense, stayed sober. Mum left him with the veggie garden, the menagerie and us. The exhibitions had dried up. So had her affairs, so had her womb, so had her life. Dad learned. Mum never did. And now she drinks alone. Thank you. You are listening to 3CR Spoken Word, and this is a live recording of Yvette Stubbs. A quick word about the live poetry gigs in Melbourne. The Dan O'Connell Hotel Carlton has poetry on every Saturday afternoon, and Passionate Tongues is at the Brunswick Hotel every second Monday night. Westward happens out at the Dancing Dog Cafe in Footscray twice a month on Sunday afternoons. Voices in the Attic is run fortnightly on Tuesday evenings at 30 Dirks, Level 1 and 2, 239 Lonsdale Street, and the House of Bricks, on or near the last day of every month, run by our very own Santo Casati, corner of Bud and Kill Streets, Collingwood. All of these gigs have open mics if you'd like to try your hand at sharing your work with others, or you can just go to listen. Check out the website, melbournespokenword.com, to find out more about the scene. And now, the second set of Yvette Stubbs. Now, before I invite uh, Letitia up, well, I didn't name her. Mum did. Didn't give her a great name like Yvette, Yvette. Um, I'd like to uh, dedicate this poem to John McKelvey, now that I know. It's, it's called Gigolo. <laughs> I've seen you jiggling it lots of times, John, but then maybe I'm observant. (laughs) Painfully erect. He utters mere banality into the telephone, mentioning lovers he once had and future crannies he'd love to explore. Thus manhandles her flowery bits to pancakes 
as her phone drops to the floor. Have to be everything to her, he splutters. It's such a fucking bore. In less than a breath, he then calls his next ex. With receiver still warm, he blathers inane platitudes once more. Thanks. That, that was really cruel dedicating that to him. So I'm going to dedicate this one to Libby. <laughs> this is called The Dirty Old Ma'am. M-A-M, ma'am. The Dirty Old Ma'am. And now you're undressed. I'm not distressed to view your rippling muscles, defined manhood. Should you want to take a woman, I am your ma'am. But it's a sham. I'm an old ham, fried up old spam. Damn, 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 damn. So cram it up to experience one you'll never have to forget. And thank your lucky Mars for the photo shot I see in the retina of my imagination. Genes have surely been good to you. <laughs> Pamela Anderson breasts are wobbling in your direction. But they're stretching to the floor and the gel is quickly leaking out the door. And it's a pity a body can't have a body running through the mire when a body needs a body. And this body's on fire. But desire to do anything about it is no longer hot-wired. Spongy bit on spongy bit, Brazilian on Brazilian, heavyweight on featherweight. Run, my boys, run for your lives before me and the women of the world unite to become like dirty old men with a fistful of dollars and own you to spend it on. (sighs) Now this is a poem um, I wrote to Jeff. It's called A Sweet Love Poem from my Sweet Shadows book and I'd like to uh, invite Letitia up now to assist me with that. Okay, you ready now? Excellent. Uh, can we have a, the, uh, the microphone as well? Is that possible? Yeah, all right. Cool. Yes. I, like, I like my new stage name. If you must, if you must. I actually don't know what our mother was thinking Thanks, when she named, named me that. But actually, thank God it's not. Has mama, mother ever been no, thinking? No. Right. Okay, do you want the pan This mic? is unrehearsed. No, it's not. No, no, we've totally... We're never unrehearsed. Mm. Right. Okay, because I'm learning French, you'll see that it is in a beautiful French accent. You are éblemange to moi. You are éblemange to me. Blamange, blamange, blamange. It's a hard word um, to say. A chocolat de mousse, 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 mousse. Mousse. <laughs> you are my supercilious very floss. Very floss, very floss, very floss. My banana gloss. Bliss bomb, bliss bomb, bliss bomb. My lolly gobble, bliss bomb. Bliss bomb. <laughs> <laughs> bliss bomb. 
Tom. <laughs> My strawberry kisses. Kisses, kisses. My chop chop male misses. My casted tart. Tart, tart, tart. You tart. Oh, no, no, no. My apple crumblat. She's not reading this at all. <laughs> you are my ice cream Sunday. My cherry rum Monday. Monday. I love your exploding syrup center. Your polywafflenta. Ah, oh, my sweet and shining karma. Your my more. Thank you, Letitia. Thank you. That's okay. That was that was really great. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks, Libby. Um, that look that will never be seen like that again. That that was a complete unique rendition. But thank you. That was just beautiful, Tishlia. Okay, I've done that one. Haven't I? Why do lesbians own the rainbow? I don't know. Don't you know why? I don't. Pleasantries are all very good and well. But what's the use of pleasantries if we're all talking bullshit and our shoes are on the wrong feet? Now, socks come up in conversation sometimes, but I won't discuss them unless they're rainbow-striped. And then only if you're not a lesbian. Sorry. Sorry. Damn. I'm wearing my shoes on the right feet now. I'm taking two steps forward and no steps back. I'm in-stepping my red-hot shuffle. I'm not just opening my mouth to change feet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm... T- um, uh, <laughs> or hopping around with my foot in my mouth... I'm taking action, and if I can't always be good, I'll try and be pleasant, even when I'm trotting out bullshit. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. 3CR Spoken Word is on every Thursday morning from 9 till 9.30 on 8.55 on the AM dial and web-streamed on www.3cr.org.au. We also do podcasts. So until next time, this is George O'Hara for 3CR Spoken Word.
Because a man on the river is a broken man Because a man on the river is a broken man Yeah, yeah, yeah Used to have a family that he could trust shed and he shed in a dream now that's so gone so unreal it must seem yeah Lord doesn't anybody care they just walk by they try not to stare but don't you think he might need a little helping hand because a man on the river is a broken man because a man on the river is a broken man